Can you imagine a rainbow of flowers? In a crystal blue sky. Filled with music. And all your friends are there. And everyone is laughing with joy. And the whole world is clean and sparkling and singing like Pavarotti. Put on your wings and fly. Invite us to your house. We'll only be there a few minutes. Our clean and shiny trucks haul away your distractions. And leave your home sparkling with joy. All you have to do is point. Call 1-800-GOD-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOD-JUNK.COM. The doctor will see you now. But do they really? Do they see you as a mother who's a daughter and a caregiver? Fearless, but sometimes fearful. A health nut with a French fry habit. An O-positive geologist named Patty, who's here today for a melanoma exam. At Kaiser Permanente, we believe the only way to care for all of you is by seeing all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org. to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I'm Steve and I'm joined as usual by my tag team partner in podcasting. That is Jeff. Jeff, um, we gather here today to talk about all the events in professional wrestling. Um, and there's been a lot of news since our last podcast episode. This is episode 116 for those of you keeping track. On this episode, we're going to plan on covering CM Punk and the return to AEW. There's been a lot ballyhooed about his return and what does that mean? And for the elite, what does that mean for a lot of people? When can we expect it? Um, they've AEW, if you haven't heard, is booking and planning for a Wembley Stadium event in London. And they need a big card to fill that arena. And so CM Punk is the name being tossed around. We'll also discuss what other names might be tossed around to fill that show. We'll also cover the latest in AEW, including Wardlow winning the TNT title, new signings for AEW, uh, and uh, what's up with Drew McIntyre and Becky Lynch and their Twitters. Are they coming are they going what's going on oh my goodness what is going on steve i don't know what's going on um what's going on with vince mcmahon looking like winston wolf <laughs> he lo- he, you know that that look is is a unique look man I re- and i love all the memes that i see online what what, um, what what was the character from um lazy town that when cody got his hair dyed black it was it was it ricky rotten or robbie rotten Oh my God! I can't. Remember. Vince McMahon looks like if Ro- Ro- Robbie Rodden aged poorly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Without like, he doesn't look like he has clammy skin. Like that Robbie Rotten guy always looked like he's he got, had he's got sort of that Clark Gable look, except like a Madame Toussaint wax museum statue of him. Yes, yes. Um, Jeff, so before we jump into the CM Punk stuff, I want to talk to like, you about something. I want to talk more about Vince's look. Very very 1920s, like, carny villain looking. 
debonair is what you're trying to say. No, no, not debonair. Definitely not that. Debonair is is might be the opposite. It's whatever whatever creepinair is. Oh. But listen, that mustache like, helped him regain like, power at the head of the table. It, it definitely looks like somebody who paid hush money to multiple women for sex. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what it looks like. But Trump doesn't have that type of mustache. Uh, everything about Trump looks like someone who pays women for sex. This is true. Um, Jeff, I want to talk to you. I want to start this show off with a, a quick anecdotal story. And I want to say thank you for everybody for listening uh, to the Hammerlock Hangover. Um, if you've been tuning in last couple of episodes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very much appreciated. And if this is the first time, we hope you get a couple uh, shits and giggles uh, off this uh, podcast episode. Um, Jeff, I don't think this has been talked about in a lot of wrestling podcasts and definitely not wrestling news sites because they don't really kind of give you opinion of this caliber. You know, we have high standards here at Hammerlock. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I want to I want to talk about any times that you've had a dream related to professional wrestling. I've I, I, I had a dream about professional wrestling earlier this week. Um, and so I thought we'd start the show with this anecdotal stories of just any times you've dreamt about um, either being in professional wrestling or meeting professional wrestlers. Is this like a real dream? Like you want me like a real story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't I almost, I almost never remember dreams. I mean, I, there's like maybe five dreams in my life that I remember and none of them involve professional wrestling. Really? Yeah. You can't recall any time, like maybe dreaming of Sonny or Trish or the fabulous Moolah, you know, since, you know, you're, you are up there in that generation. No, I mean, you know, I don't remember any dreams that involve professional wrestling or professional wrestlers. Period. Wow. So I'll tell I'll tell this quick story. So earlier this week, I had this dream where um, Vince McMahon uh, came to me. Now you know I, I'm I hold Vince in very high regard. I call him Pops around here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Vince comes to me in this dream, and he's all like, "I need your help." I'm like, "What do you need, Pops? What's going on?" And he's like. A lot of people are complaining about Drew McIntyre and Drew, he, he's, he's threatening to leave. And, you know, obviously this is all like what, what the, the precipice of, uh, not the precipice, but like the underlying uh, theme here is obviously earlier this week, um, Drew blackened out his Twitter and then you had Becky do the same thing. So, uh, mm, that's in the back of my head in real life. And then that turns into the dream. So in the dream, I'm telling Vince, listen, don't listen were, to all this. Were shit. your pants on or off in, in the dream? I, I don't think any of us were wearing pants. Where, where was your hand? On the dinosaur. Okay. On the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. I um, get it. <laughs> okay. So I'm telling him, listen, don't worry about it. Like, listen, the dirt sheets, right? What the dirt sheets want to write. But Drew's happy. He's a happy guy. He's happy working with Seamus. He's happy in his spot. You, you, you don't need to make him anything more than he already is. But you know what? Maybe he needs a fresh start. Maybe he needs to be turned heel. He's like, I love it. It's a great idea. This is great. You know what your your dream was? Yeah. You dreamt of obtaining the position of stooge. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is my dream. This, this is, is your dream. This is my dream. I want to be Vince McMahon's dude. <laughs> there you go. Good. I'm glad you know your place. That's good. That's right. So that that, that was a, a quick little anecdote. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And, well, well, you uh, know, I remember I did yeah. predict a Drew McIntyre heel turn at WrestleMania, where, in fact, he would lure into Sheamus thinking he, he would get the pin on uh, Gunter, but only to have Drew Claymore kick him and, and steal the win. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe maybe that had to do with it too. Maybe I'm stealing your ideas and then stooging them off to to pops. Yeah, well, it, that prediction didn't come right then either. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, guys, again, this is episode one sixteen of the Hammerlock Hangover. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks a uh, big shout out to the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition uh, Podcast Network. Um, Jeff can be found. We did great on, on on that this this last couple weeks. I know we've been doing very, very great numbers, and we thank you all uh, down under and, and internationally for those numbers. Uh, keep it up. Tell your friends. Tell your buddies. Uh, Our loyal fans over at the PwC. That's right. You can find Jeff there um, almost every day uh, on one of the PwC shows, ranting and raving about uh, all. When things I'm not on Channel Latitude and the Hamim Media Group, because we cross pollinate with them, you know, That's working right. for the boss Vince Russo. That's right. I, you know, I, I haven't had any dreams with Vince Russo. Liar. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And obviously the Wrestling Soup uh, Network. Thank you very much for hosting us. Um, uh, so we have lots of friends in deep and dark places. Uh, and to the PW Hustle, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> that we applaud your support in the chat group. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Jeff, let's just jump right into it. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Everybody wants to talk about CM Punk. This guy is... Well, should we talk about Becky and Drew since you brought it up? This is storyline. This is, this is, none of this is real. It's all, it's all about the draft. So, okay. It is, but we'll get to that in our WWE review and, and we'll leave that as a teaser for now. But, um, I feel everybody's talking about this CM Punk thing. So why not start there? I feel, um... You know, everybody wants to talk CM Punk. Is he coming? Is he going? Is he not? Is he staying? What? How does the elite feel? Lots of people have lots of speculation. Um, Jeff, you've heard the news. CM Punk is thinking about coming back. Dave Meltzer, through his Wrestling Observer platform, is uh, advocating against it, uh, saying that uh, the elite won't work with him. But yeah, seemingly trying to sabotage it, um, even though he spent years masturbating over CM Punk. Right. And Kenny Omega. And here you have the opportunity to put those two monkeys in a ring together and fill Wembley Stadium. And those two would not fill Wembley Stadium. You really don't think so? There's no 90,000 people? No. I mean, maybe somebody, no- maybe CM Punk could get someone else. I mean, it's probably the best that they can do. But mm-hmm. no, Kenny Omega isn't that big a draw. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not even sure CM Punk is at this stage. But um, okay, but it doesn't matter. Let's continue with that. I, I don't think that there's any card they can put together, honestly, that would fill up Wembley Stadium. I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of tickets sold. I think a lot of tickets can be sold to scalpers. And I think the scalpers in the UK are going to learn the lesson of the scalpers in the US. And I think there's going to, you know, I think they'll 
they'll legit probably have 25,000 to 30,000 in the stands. And they'll have sold 50,000 tickets, which are sold. It doesn't matter if nobody goes there, but they'll be sold and the scalpers will take a bath. (laughs) Wow. You know, we've talked about this before about, you know, scalpers taking a bath in these Chicago shows. These, uh, you know, the Chicago shows used to run in the United Center and then they had to scale it down to uh, Rosemont Horizon or whatever the hell that's called. Right. The, the, The Kmart Arena in Hoffman Estates. Um, so that's not what it's formally called. Just for those, the Dustin Hoffman estates, the Dustin, (laughs) who was in Omega man. So there you go. It's in the outskirts of the, uh, the Chicago area. Or was he? No, he wasn't. I don't know. I've never watched. Charlton Heston was in Omega. He was in marathon man. That's the Dustin Hoffman. He was, was he in Bicentennial man? Oh, no, no I think that was, that was, no, I, I think you're thinking about Encino man with Pauly Shore and, uh, Brendan Fraser. Oh, what about Iron Man? Oh, yeah, no, that's Robert. Dillon. That was Dustin Hoffman. That's Dustin Hoffman. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um. So CM Punk, right? Jeff, do you at this point Rain in time? Man. Uh, he's he's a man or a punk? Rain Man. Rain Man. Dustin um, Hoffman. That's what it is. That was the man you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um. The this guy's return. Is, is it a draw for you? Do you care? Do you not care? What what? How do you feel about this? Okay. Let's. All right. So let, let, let's start with the the story, the narrative that we are being told that CM Punk is interested in coming back. That AEW is interested in him coming back, but there's some dissension in the ranks. But they're trying to work it out, and the way they're going to work it out is this. Third show that's been rumored for two months is coming about and is going to happen in June. It's going to be on Saturday nights on TBS or TNT from 6 to 8. It's going to be called Collision. And this show that's been planned for months is the magic solution in that they're going to have a brand split where on the Saturday night show, it will be the CM Punk people himself and the people who support him. The other shows will be the people who don't want to work with CM Punk, and then there'll be some floaters. It was intended to be a soft split, but it seems like it's being harder because of politics. There is no part of this story that I actually believe. That said, let's pretend that it's true. Okay. So if it's true, this is the biggest failure of management of all time, maybe in any business. You cannot divide your your locker room this way. You you have to say either put up or shut up, or you don't hire the guy if you can't control your people. You can't you can't do this other thing. Then anytime there's going to be fights and disagreements, and there's constantly fighting. There, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker are still fighting. Eddie Kingston still isn't talking to people. Jericho said he doesn't want to work with CM Punk. The Bucks don't want to work with CM Punk. I mean, there's all this nonsense going back and forth. Um, and, and you're going to do a you're going to do a split on a, a show that's already confusing enough. I, I mean, it, it's got like multiple personality disorder. Um, you know, that's going to be extremely difficult. Now, color me skeptical on this other this other show. Yes, the one thing I haven't heard this entire time is what AEW is getting paid for it. So networks don't give you airtime. 
they buy the right to air your show. So if there's, so, you know, AW does three hours of TV a week on Warner Brothers Discovery or Discovery Brothers, rather. This would be five hours a week, plus there's four hours a year in Battle for the Belts. I don't know if that would continue or not, whatever. Um, So this is 40% more content. So if AW is getting, what, 43 million or 45 million a year, you'd think that they would be getting 17 million million more a year, just proportionally, just pro rata, somewhere in that neighborhood. Nobody's talking about that at all? Because if it's not, Tony Khan's not getting two hours of TV. He's giving it. Which sounds exactly like Tony Khan. I mean, if you're if you're Discovery Warner Brothers, why wouldn't you take two hours of live TV that's for free and, and yeah. collect advertising from it? I mean, it, this is not this is not a savvy business move. Um, you know, would, would you would this be done absent larger negotiations for renewing the entirety of their TV deal. Like none of this really makes sense to me. Now, maybe that that's not been announced. Maybe the details haven't been agreed to, but no part of this makes any sense. But going back to let's pretend that it's real. Sure. I mean, what kind of manager does this? This is, this is like if you had a football team and the, and the defense and the offense could never speak, you know, if, and there have been teams like that. Listen, the Baltimore Ravens, the first year they won the Super Bowl. The defense was doing everything. The freaking offense didn't score a touchdown in five consecutive games. They won most of those games. I think they went 5-0 and or 4-1, all on field goals or defensive or special team scores. But the coaching staff kept them together. They were they were team. There have been teams where it's been the other way around, where the, the defense has been doing everything and the offense haven't, hasn't held up its end, and those teams fell apart. Um so this is leadership, and Tony Khan has consistently shown a lack of any control. In fact, he leans into his lack of leadership by airing the dirty laundry on all access, which isn't doing very well anyway. But, you know, this whole thing with Thunder Rosa and, and, and Britt Baker is right there. The Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara thing is played out on the air. I mean, this utter lack of control, it's like he's leaning into it. I, I guess kudos to leaning into it <laughs> instead of trying to pretend that you're a leader. Um, but... The Maryland Transportation Authority is hosting a hiring event for highway maintenance technicians Tuesday, April 25th from 1 to 6 p.m. with same-day interviews. No experience necessary. Benefits include health care, on-the-job training, tuition reimbursement, a great leave package, and more. Join us at the Fort McHenry Tunnel Maintenance Building at 4000 Leland Avenue in Baltimore. Learn more at mdta.maryland.gov. You belong at the MDTA. Want to get your beauty brand in front of Sephora, Ulta, Macy's, Target, Nordstrom, and more? Exhibit at Cosmoprof North America, the leading B2B beauty trade show, July 11th through 13th in Las Vegas. Visit CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com to learn how you can be part of this event's 20th edition. CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com this, this whole scenario is is bad businessing, bad coaching, bad skippering, bad leadership. It it's surrender. It's it's the epitome of letting inmates run the asylum. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, but what was it that Eric Bischoff used to say? Controversy creates cash, and I think that's 
Tony Khan's, you know, MO here. I think he's this kind of controversy. I mean, Eric Bischoff also said you're going to divide your locker room. Good luck with that. I mean, he said that yesterday. Um, and I don't want to be quoting Eric Bischoff like he's the Buddha or something, but he does have some insights. It's just weird. I mean, every time anybody has a problem in AW, they're going to want to go somewhere else. I mean, he's been shipping people to Ring of Honor because they haven't wanted to be working with that people. You know, now what about the people who are Ring of Honor say, oh, wait, now, now I can get back on regular TV? So you, you're going to, you've got basically got three locker rooms, sort of, that, that you know, can constantly shifting and whatever. And Tony Khan is the only guy making decisions. This is too much for that man to handle. He can't handle anything. He, he, he looks like he's, you know, like two hours of people slipping them decaf instead of caffeinated away from having a complete breakdown. <laughs> you know, you, you bring up a good point about all these shows, right? Let's run them down. You got two hours of Dynamite. You've got one hour of Rampage. You've got how, how long is a usual Dark episode? An hour? I haven't watched Dark or Dark Elevation in, I mean, I think I watched one of them once in full. And then I put the others like nights I would have on insomnia and try to fall asleep. And the last thing I remember is Bobby Fish coming to the ring and falling asleep. So it did work perfectly. So you can know how long ago that was. Thanks, Bobby Fish. But th- th- I mean, I think they used to be like two or three hours, but I think you're, I think they're both around an hour now. And Ring of Honor, I only watched the first three episodes of it, but they were each two minutes and change, like two minutes and three minutes, two hours and three minutes, two hours and 10 minutes. So, you know, like, like that. So two hours. Uh-huh. With so, no commercials. So it was actually, oh, yeah. It's an easy watch. Um, By the way, there's, there's, remember when they told us there were, there were 12,000 subscribers to Honor Club? They haven't said anything yet. Then you know that everything always starts higher. So it, <laughs> there's got to be, le- I mean, what do you think there are now? Maybe 8,500 subscribers to Honor Club? I was going to just say 85. <laughs> you might be right. I mean, we haven't heard any numbers on Supercard of Honor's pay-per-view buys. None. Yeah. Nothing. Not a word. Yeah. Tony Khan said, this is fine. I know this is nothing, but he said that this was Ring of Honor's biggest live attendance in California ever. So Ring of Honor almost never ran in California. And apparently some people went back and found out what Ring of Honor shows. They did shows like 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 dinky hotel conference. Like, like you know, had like 100, 110 people capacities. Yeah. Yeah. So it's obvious, right? Um, you got a lot of AEW Dynamite shows. And I think to your point, like T- TNT, Warner Brothers, if the deal is that AEW properties or Tony Khan Industries, whatever his main business is called, AEW LLC, if they are fronting the money to create content for TNT and Warner Brothers Media to use on their social media platforms or YouTube, whatever. At Tony Khan's expense, and they're keeping the ad revenue, then yeah, this is they're taking Tony Khan to the bank. And why not? Like, I can I can see the argument of well, we gotta get we gotta promote our brand. So we gotta get as much eyes on it as possible. So let's flood the market with as many shows as possible. But you you're doing that already. Minus this collision show, which I'm assuming is either one or two hours. You've already got two, four, two hours, six, 
This is all rumors. Seven hours of show. Right. Right. But, you know, Tony Khan is, besides the video game, um, flopping. By the way, delayed again. Correct. Fight forever, Uh, wait forever. That's the only announcement that he's made that has really flopped, right? Like, all the other announcements have come, well, they've come to fruition. They've come to become reality. Right, whether they're major announcements or not. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And to his defense, he hasn't formally announced that there's a third major show collision starting. But, Correct. True. But his good buddy Dave Meltzer is – it's almost as the, as if you've been told by Tony Khan himself. They're, well, they're, all of this came from Andrew Zarian. Everyone is citing Andrew Zarian. And Andrew Zarian probably caught it from some – He – His connection, listen, Andrew Zarian will tell you every show he's on that he is not a journalist. So he, you know, so he doesn't, but his, his connections are in advertising and advertising buyers. So, I mean, it's not nothing. It's just not usually where you get news about new television shows from, especially, I mean, listen, I don't pretend to know everything about Discovery Warner Brothers, but they're doing a lot of cuts and they've been advertising what their new television shows are, and they've been advertising what they're going to be for months. Now, does that mean they wouldn't take two hours of free live content? Of course they would, but it's Without it's that. unorthodox and it's weird. If Tony Khan thinks he's buying goodwill from a multinational conglomerate, he's out of his freaking mind. He's more naive than I think he is. But these are their new shows. They're showing Entourage, which I think started in the 2000s. They're showing Silicon Valley, which I think started around 2010. They're showing True Blood, which started in the 2000s. And they have a British import science fiction show called The Lazarus Project, which will probably have 10 episodes. That is, The Lazarus Project is the only original programming show they have. And, you know, it's not original programming that they've that they've produced. They're just, you know, right. leasing it. And... If anybody doesn't know that European and foreign television costs less than U.S., just look at Netflix. Their entire model is to get shows from Spain, Scandinavia, and Korea now. Right. Until so, they pay off Adam Sandler. So there's, that's right. So there's – and the, who's the other guy that they keep showing up on? I, I don't know. They, they, well, they had, they had a few with um, Chris Helms, Helmsford, uh, Thor. Chris whatever. Hemsworth. They had, a couple, they had a few with them. And then, you know, they had like all of their money invested in, in like the comedians, like Cat Williams, Eddie Murphy, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, yeah. I think uh, Kevin Hart, maybe. Um, I don't think Kevin Hart, but Chris Rock, definitely. Chris Rock, right. No, I remember because they actually were on Saturday Night Live one night and they said, you're looking at 90% of Netflix's budget right here. <laughs> uh, that was, that was, but like most of those contracts are coming to an end as well. Right. Um, yeah, TNT, Warner Brothers, a, a, they'd be foolish not to take free free content, right? In in an era where content is king, it, it, you'd be foolish to, to to say no to free content. And I'm I'm making the same assumption as you. I think Tony Khan is totally footing the bill for this content and paying for it because he wants the promotion. Um, whether that's going to be um, proven as a smart move, only time will tell. Um, but 
let's talk about this Wembley show, right? So they announced a couple weeks ago they're they're trying to. But can I say one thing first? Because they they announced they were going back to Chicago, and that very as soon as I saw that, I said. AW is returning to Chicago on whatever, June such and such or May such and such. I go, Q rumors about CM Punk's return three hyphen two hyphen one dot dot dot. I hit send. It took less than two minutes for these stories to start coming out, and they haven't stopped since. Sure. And and you know, the question begs itself, how are they gonna fill this? Wembley Stadium that holds, what is it, 90,000 people, 70,000? Yeah. yeah. You know, WWE couldn't fill it back for SummerSlam 90, what was it, 93? It was 92, they, they 69,000. Yeah. And so they couldn't fill it for Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Right. But they got damn near close. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure if they ran Wembley now, they could sell it out. Probably, um, yeah. AEW, on the other hand, I'm not so sure of, but these pre, um, what is it, pre-sale, pre-interest bookings. It's like pre-registrations. I mean, Thank you. a lot of those are phony. <laughs> Duplicate well, accounts, the same person signing up 20 times to make sure they get you know, as, as good a spot in the lottery as possible. Right, right. But some people are also assuming that each one of those registrations is going to purchase at least two tickets because you're always going with a buddy or a couple of friends, especially if you're in the States, you're going to end up making a trip out of it. So it's going to be four or five or six people. Um, Listen, this is not a knock an AW. I cannot imagine flying internationally to see a wrestling show. I just don't get it. I know there's people who do that sort of thing. I know there's people that, that they're minor celebrities themselves because they travel around to wrestling shows. Um, but I, I just cannot imagine like getting a passport or, you know, and, and going through all of that and, and traveling international with the you know, price of gas and just inflation and shit like that. And, and going to see an AEW show and what's going to be, a, you know, a, even a, a success, a half empty building. But. Weren't we talking about possibly going to Puerto Rico uh, next year, next month for the WWE? A, I don't know that we were that serious. B, Puerto Rico is the United States of America. <laughs> okay. Not international <laughs> so not, travel. It's not international. I mean, you don't need yeah, your passport. Racist. There. Pena, you racist. There's some people that, that consider that international. Some people don't. I just wanted to get you on the record. Uh, well, they're U.S. citizens and, you, and they have U.S. passports. I mean, and it's it is a United States territory. So I, it's not international. Okay. It is part of this nation. Oh, excuse me. The United States, this very nation. You know, this was such a touchy subject for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, some things are what they are. Um, it's not like Texas or something you you said this earlier you said you don't think that CM Punk alone can fill this stadium no is there anybody any free agents out there that AW can sign that will sell the stadium out no what what free agents are available that have been Goldberg Do, do you think he adds tickets I mean I mean, not that AEW isn't the, one of the biggest hypocritical companies 
you know, walking this the face of earth, but that would be like sort of the ultimate in in being hypocritical. Um, no, there's none. I mean, even if they somehow managed to get Mark Henry and the big show and Jeff Hardy and, and Matt Hardy, you know, they got them from 15 years ago, um, you know, and, and Edge's contract ran out and they brought him and Christian together. You know, that's how Christian hasn't wrestled all since he's come back. I mean, no, they're, they're, there's no combination. I, I, I don't think I don't think any card gets you there. I mean, I think it has to be an event plus a card with a known brand. And it's not like there's like giant British stars either. I mean, Nick Aldis is with Impact now. Will Ospreay, who, by the way, I don't think is a giant star anyway. Um, I mean, he's a giant star to the people who would be already going. Um, just was doing an Instagram the other day about how he's so hurt and injured, he may not wrestle again at whatever he is, 32. Pack? <laughs> I mean, who... who? Yeah, who in Rev Pro or Progressive are they going to feature Kip Sabian? Are they going to bring Jimmy Havoc back? I mean, who who are the British wrestlers, you know, or the European wrestlers? Period that, that are going to draw that kind of thing. They they could give them all of NXT UK, and it, 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 they couldn't fill up fifty five hundred seats. The Maryland Transportation Authority is hosting a hiring event for highway maintenance technicians Tuesday, April 25th from 1 to 6 p.m. with same-day interviews. No experience necessary. Benefits include health care, on-the-job training, tuition reimbursement, a great leave package, and more. Join us at the Fort McHenry Tunnel Maintenance Building at 4000 Leland Avenue in Baltimore. Learn more at mdta.maryland.gov. You belong at the MDTA. Want to get your beauty brand in front of Sephora, Ulta, Macy's, Target, Nordstrom, and more? Exhibit at Cosmoprof North America, the leading B2B beauty trade show, July 11th through 13th in Las Vegas. Visit CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com to learn how you can be part of this event's 20th edition. CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com Give him back Tyler Bate, give him back Alice, give him back Noam Dar, give, give him the whole thing. They've got they got Paige. Yeah, that's right. Paige's entire family can they, they can all, you know, try to sell tickets. No, there, there's no combination. I and I, listen, if WWE just, you know, announced a random show there, I'm not sure they would even sell. Now, if it was like SummerSlam or like I mean, W they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't make a big deal of it like backlash in Puerto Rico or whatever, uh, you know, and then like SummerSlam and, you know, they make it into a big event. And so it would feel like you're going to event. Um, I don't even know what AEW All In means. I mean, the original All In, you know, you had Ring of Honor, you had NWA, you had Impact, you had Lucha Underground, AAA, New Japan. And, and it was on U.S. soil where, you know, all of those things were a thing. All of them were bigger then than they are now. I mean, even if they got all the stars of New Japan, is that a big draw in England? I, I like. I think there's a reason New Japan's never toured in England, or if they have, it's been few and far between. Like Ring of Honor is, isn't a company anymore. Impact isn't going to work with AEW. CMLL isn't. Uh, AAA. I guess they sort of are, but you know, it, who who are the big stars with AAA that are going to sell zero? That that commander. That, that's it. 
Commander, right? Command. Well, Commander today signed with AEW. Commander is now all elite because just what they needed another, you know, right? It, yeah. So I didn't watch the show, but I'm sure that they featured their new giant free agent signing, another, Jay White. Another, another lucha star. Right. But then no, they, they just signed big free agent star, Jay White, big signing. His first match on TV is going to be against Commander. And you know, it, it was probably a 15 to 20 minute you know match where Commander took Jay White to the limit. And there were a bun- bunch of two counts. You know, to get out. So that that's exactly how you build up your new star. No, you, you you have him squash people in his first, you know, five or six matches. That the first match takes like two and a half minutes, and you know, the, the the longest one until match five or six takes six minutes for him to dispatch him. You know, like a Sean Spears or you know Griff Garrison or something. Yeah. You know, I, I want to talk about the 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 fake out that is these. AEW shows or even before AEW was created, All In started before AEW, right? Mm -hmm. And if you remember, All In was supposed to be, again, this grassroots, all roads lead to indie wrestling extravaganza Mm -hmm. that was supposed to have, like you mentioned, ROH involvement. Yeah, well, they paid uh, for it, so. New Japan involvement, AAA involvement, and most importantly, because I was there in the building in Madison Square Garden, um, we, you were told that Cody Rhodes was going to be there. He did not show up. Wait, what? Wasn't all in in Chicago? Oh, oh, that's right. I'm getting my. I'm conflating the uh, the, the two shows. Uh, I think yeah, I'm, you're talking about the New Japan Ring of Honor show. Thank you. All in was all in. Um, yeah, that was the, the the show that was supposed to have Cody Rhodes and and the Elite, and then nobody showed up. But <laughs> AEW has this tendency to do that too, right? So at Forbidden Door, you were supposed to get Okada all these dream matches, Okada versus Daniel Bryan, and they announced it didn't sold out immediately. Because everybody thought, oh, and here's my chance. I'm going to not be let down by Tony Khan. I'm going to get all my dream matches. And then everybody got injured. Well, Osprey's injured. He can't attend. Daniel Bryan's injured. He can't attend. Okada's only. Osprey was there. He had that match with Orange Cassidy that everybody says was a great match that was torture for me. Okada showed up last minute to fill in for someone else. Clark Connors had to take somebody's spot. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they were. And it was also, I mean, you know, everyone was imagining you get Okada Omega or, you know, you, you'd get right. card stuff. It, and and it, you mostly you didn't. Want Okada in, in some throwaway match. Right. Um, and, and here you go again with Forbidden Door 2, no matches announced. Right. And I'm pretty sure that they, that they gave Sonata the IWGP title just so if Okada has to go to Forbidden Door and has to take the loss because it's on American soil, that he won't be the IWGP champion at the time. Right. Which, I mean, at this point, who would Okada be fed to that New Japan would be happy with? I don't know. I, I, I'd say nobody. I mean, usually New Japan just wants something in return. But, I mean, you know what my theory is. My theory is that Tony Khan pays New Japan, the company, for the rights. This. They also fly over all of the talent. They pay all of the talent's top rates, and they probably quote him twice what their normal rate is. He puts them all up in a hotel for a week, You know, gives them food and board stipends, arranges all the travel. And 
So it's a payday for everyone, including New Japan. It's he's probably like mini Saudi Arabia. So they're probably like, yeah, we don't care. That that you know, I mean, so it's a business, and 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 since Tony Khan books people like Fuego del Sol to be competitive half the time, you know, he's, it's not like he's going to disrespect Okada because you know because he jerks off to Okada, you know, at, at three o'clock at night when he's done playing with his dolls, right. I just want to warn people out there that, you know, this Wembley Stadium could be built. Remember last year when uh, Jericho lit fire on that guy, Umanu, and and they never did anything with it again? Right. I mean, but that's, AEW's got a a treasure trove of all of those things of Mm -hmm. start and stops, um, booking-wise. This Wembley Stadium show, I would not be surprised if it's more of the same. You're... You've got people fantasy booking CM Punk versus Omega. You've got uh, FTR versus the Elite. I can probably almost rest assured that none of those matches are going to be on the card. Right. Well, also, I mean, they're, they're talking about, and they is this ubiquitous, you know, dirt sheet, wrestling fans, whatever, that it's going to be the elite in a six man, you know, it's going to be the, the Bucks and Kenny Omega versus CM Punk and FTR. And while that might sound like fun to me, that seems like the top of a card on a B show, or, you know, that might be a really good dynamite main event. I mean, but that's, that's sort of like what's happening in backlash. I mean, it, it's, it's like, it's like a match of no consequence, really. That's right. So I think we've exhausted this. Um, so, to close this out, CM Punk, is he coming back or is he not coming back? I think something goes wrong. I, I, I don't believe any of this. I think he's too prideful. I think that too many people have said, like Brandon Cutler tweeted something like, you know, he, he was, res- and he deleted it, but it, it was something about the, 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 this is all gaslighting. CM Punk is gaslighting. There he goes. See, someone gets it. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think FTR surrendered by, you know, re-signing. Now, by the way, those guys, can we talk about them for a second? They're like, we, we re-signed four-year contracts, then we're retiring from wrestling. Like, who says that? What is with them? I mean, what, aren't they like in their early 30s? Like, what what is this that they're already announcing that this is their retirement tour? I mean, like, there's there's such a tension horse. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and also Dax, you know, Ended his podcast, and they're saying Tony Khan didn't ask him to do it or tell him to. Sure, he did. So I'm not re-signing you if you're going to keep throwing up this company up under the bus, and I'm certainly not re-signing your partner. Okay, I mean, no, that yeah, he didn't pressure him. He told him that that's not pressure. That's saying there it is. That's not pressure. <laughs> that's an ultimatum. But um, I don't know this. Yeah, I you know, I'm sure they'll put together a car that the AW faithful will think is great. I just don't know if the UK audience is going to feel that way. I mean, the UK audience loves impact. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what they like or don't like. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out one way or another. Um, let's move on to a W review. Um, this past week, um, AW Dynamite. Um, 
had a big title change, Jeff. Um, I, as you know, don't actively watch AEW, but that doesn't stop me from critiquing it. Um, Wardlow is the new TNT champion after he defeats uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Jeff, school me on Wardlow. A third run with the TNT title is a good idea for business. Well, let me first say, I haven't watched Dynamite. We're recording this on the 19th. I have not watched Dynamite tonight, but, you know, being part of the Twitterverse, I am aware of the title change. Um, This was a trap match because they've already done so much damage to these guys that this hot potatoing of the title isn't really helping either of them. I would have just kept it on Hobbs because he at least hadn't lost all of his steam. The the pairing with QT Marshall has been bad, but the, the TNT title has been hot potatoed so many times. It actually feels like the least important title in the company. It's behind the international title. It's behind the TBS title. It's behind all of the tag team titles as far as I'm concerned. Uh, It it actually feels less important at times than some of the Ring of Honor titles. Um, And when it first came up, they made a big deal that this is not a mid-card title. This is co-equal to the to the world title um and in the beginning they did a pretty good job of treating it that way i mean Brody lee miro had a spectacular run darby had a pretty good run not his recent one samoa joe had the bell for a little bit but he's the you know introducing samoa joe into the wardlow hobbs thing sort of was what derailed it in the first place and that was a bad idea from the beginning uh wardlow was already derailed by the by mjf and then by the whole mjf thing and then some really strange booking Hobbs then disappeared for a while. Then he was walking around the streets of Oakland and doing the Book of Hobbs, which, you know, apparently had no payoff. I guess he's got writer's block or whatever. Then he wins the match. He wins the big match. He gets the TNT title. Cool. Great. New guy, young guy. Um, As you like to point out, a person of color. Um, And immediately gets paired with QT Marshall. And... The non-factory, because the factory apparently is just, uh, you know, not together anymore, but there's still Aaron Solo. They brought in the, the Aussie woman, Harley Cameron. They do this whole QTV thing, which is a takeoff of TMZ, which, by the way, wasn't terrible. Like, there was stuff there that was that could have been funny. They would just, they would go so fast, and they, they had things embedded in there, and some of it was about Wardlow, but you couldn't even tell. It, so... You know, you forgot that Hobbs was there. Half the time he wasn't in segments. He wasn't he wasn't wrestling enough. They they gave him a couple squashes. So then they alluded to that when they broke into Wardlow's car, they stole his identity. He couldn't go to Canada because they stole his passport. And the next week he didn't cancel his credit cards, the big dummy. And they bought Hobbs this, you know, tricked out, like, you know, Cutlass Supreme or something. Um <laughs> and but it's so fast you can't even really tell what's going on. You know, they do it in that TMZ you know, chop camera style, cut quick cuts and all that. Yeah. You know, which is, again, QTV was not a bad premise. It just wasn't good for Hobbs. It, it, it's good for low car guys to, you know, to sort of be doing something funny, but not a top guy. He should have, he should stand on his own. But I feel the same way about Rhea Ripley right now in WWE. It's, she still feels like she's part of Judgment Day and not the SmackDown Women's Champion. Anyway, so Wardlow got pissed and we, there was a, you know, outside segments where the camera caught him taking a fork, you know, basically destroying Hobbs's new car. He was, he took like a, it was like one of those poles that holds like uh, streamers, like uh, red carpet dividers. 
and he was, you know, banging up the car with it. And then he saw a forklift and basically recreated, you know, the Attitude Era raw. And he took the forklift into the, the car and tipped it over and, you know, basically destroyed Hobbs's car. Um, mm-hmm. And Hobbs wasn't around, even though his car was there. And, you know, the next week you hear Wardlow saying he didn't regret it. You know, still nobody's chasing after him. No police, no nothing. So that was the bill of, you know, something that didn't need a build because it was hot at some point, like two months ago, but needed a rebuild. And the rebuild was sort of half-assed. Do I think it's going to help Wardlow? I mean, past performance would say no. Um, I mean, all I have to say is whoever won this match, in this case, it seems like it's Wardlow. He needs to have a long, impressive title run. Um, and whatever they do with Hobbs, they've got to figure something out. Because he he really has him in the same since they they split him from Starks. And Starks has him in the same either. Right. I, I feel like all of these guys are just kind of floating around in, in, in gravity. Um, they get pushed into the stratosphere and then they're just left there to float. Um, it appears here, Jeff, that after Wardlow wins the match, right? And um, it looks like QT Marshall stumbled back to the ring and into a DDT from... Anderson, while Wardlow then hit a powerbomb to Hobbs, Wardlow follows up with another one, and he hits a third powerbomb, and that's the finish of the match. After the match, you got Christian Cage, who makes his way out with Luchasaurus, and they stare down the new champion. Is Luchasaurus... The Maryland Transportation Authority is hosting a hiring event for highway maintenance technicians Tuesday, April 25th from 1 to 6 p.m. with same-day interviews. No experience necessary. Benefits include health care, on-the-job training, tuition reimbursement, a great leave package, and more. Join us at the Fort McHenry Tunnel Maintenance Building at 4000 Leland Avenue in Baltimore. Learn more at mdta.maryland.gov. You belong at the MDTA. Get ready to attend the beauty event dubbed Sephora on Steroids. Cosmoprof North America, the leading B2B beauty trade show, will celebrate its 20th edition, July 11th through 13th in Las Vegas. Visit CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com to learn how you can discover new brands and join the ranks of Sephora, Ulta, Macy's, Target, Nordstrom, and more. CosmoprofNorthAmerica.com the right next opponent for Wardlow. <laughs> I don't see how. I mean, last I saw him, he was losing to Jungle Boy. Um, though I think he won one match in the interim. I'm not even 100%. And then they reintroduced him with Christian and they said something has changed. He has a new mask and he's got scary new shoulder pads. I mean, actually, I like his new gear. I, I like Luchasaurus in theory, but he hasn't been built as a single star or as a threat really to anything. So I'm going to have to say no. I mean, it, it's even weaker than, you know, when they bring back Lance Archer twice a year and he beats somebody up and gets a title shot. I mean, this is just sort of out of nowhere. I mean, people should do something to earn their title shots. And this is something that I've criticized WWE for for years. And AEW fell into that habit. I mean, they originally tried to do the rankings to avoid it or or do gimmick matches like battle royals and brass ring things and casino matches and stuff like that. But at least they try. Now they're not even trying. Now they're just now they're just doing hot shot booking. No, I don't think Luchasaurus um is the one to do it. And clearly all this is, this means is that Christian is not healthy enough to wrestle again. 
Do you think Jericho, and oh, no, sorry, not Jericho. Oh, we're going to get to Jericho in a minute. Do you think Luchasaurus deserves to be the guy that takes the title from Wardlow? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Sure. Why not? What's the difference at this point? I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's just another big guy that, that they're going to, I mean, if they're, you know, better him than Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I, what would have been cool is if this is where they brought Miro back and he says the redeemer wants to redeem his title. Like that could have been interesting. Luchasaurus. I, I don't, I don't see that as interesting. And, and, and what's the beef between Christian and Wardlow? Where where where's that from? Yeah, but that's that's what's lacking in AEW. They never build up the guy to then feed to another guy, right? So like the the story with Miro's always been let's bring him back and then immediately feed him to Adam Cole instead of properly building him up, making him look like a monster and then feeding him to someone else, right? Well, so, they're really good at building people down. They're not good at building people <laughs> up. Like, even when they build them up, like they did with Adam Page, like they did with Hobbs, like they did with Wardlow, they bring them right back down, and sometimes more than once. Like with Wardlow, they brought him down once by letting MJF steal all his, his thunder, then bad booking, and then by pairing him with Joe, who overshadows just about anybody. Yeah. And even after Joe turned on him, nobody's boo Samoa Joe. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard to make uh heads or tails out of this. Another thing that came out of this week's AEW was we finally got a confrontation between uh Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. And they kind of got into, you know, a pushing, a shoving match. Um Thoughts on the build of this 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 feud? I mean, again, I didn't see tonight, but there has been some sort of a build. Is this a build of interest? Is this a feud I'm interested in? No, but I haven't seen the show. I understand that the end that there was sort of the bad guy girls and the bad guy guys beat up the good guy girls and the good guy guys. Um, so there's a build to it. I mean, I, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, Adam Cole has to have his first feud with someone, uh, you know, problem with the Jericho Appreciation Society is their feuds usually go for months and months and months and, you know, involve all six of their dudes. But, you know, I was afraid of that with Ricky Starks. And while Ricky Starks hasn't come out of it better, his feud with the Jericho Appreciation Society did only last about two months. So, you know, we'll see. Here it says uh, the ending was that the outcast came to, um, I guess, beat up Britt Baker. Um let me see. How does Britt Baker get involved here? Let's. Da, 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 da. Well, she's Adam Cole's, uh, you know, lady. Right. Oh, so the two men, um, it's uh, Danny Garcia and Jericho start overpowering Cole. Then Britt comes out to save him. She slaps Jericho. The outcasts come out uh, and hold her back. Um, and then um, they handcuff Cole and make him watch as uh, Paige uh, sleeps with uh, half the people in the ring. I believe it. I mean, again, I didn't see it, so I really can't comment on it. So, I mean, I I don't have any issue with this feud. I I don't really have an interest in Adam Cole, period. I never really have. I don't have a 
much interest in Jericho anymore. But if they want to get Adam Cole over, Jericho is definitely one of their top heels. And he's with a bunch of dingus heels that Adam Cole can beat one-on-one if they need to, or one at a time. Um, you know, so, you know, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho at double or nothing are all in. Is I mean, you know, no one's really talking about this, or at least I haven't heard it, but it's going to be really difficult for them to put together decent cards. I mean, first of all, ratings is something that they're they're desperately trying to seek, and, you know, they've fallen down into the 800s consistently now. So it's no longer can we get to a million, it's can we break 900,000. Um, mm-hmm. But they have Double or Nothing coming up, Forbidden Door 2, and All In. And then shortly after that will be... But I guess All Out comes next, right? Um, That's right. Or maybe Forbidden Dork 3. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine Forbidden Door 2 is the easiest to book because you you do it in conjunction with New Japan and you just decide which matches their guys win and which matches your guys win. And, you know, and and if any token title is going to be changed, you know, you know, or not. But I already saw Lance Archer saying, I, I want to face Kenny Omega Forbidden Door 2 for, for the New Japan U.S. Heavyweight Champion or the IG, IWGP U.S. Championship. Like, does anyone even remember Kenny Omega has that? And Kenny Omega versus Lance Archer, while a good TV match and, you know, something that, that isn't, you know, throwaway, that's not a pay-per-view worthy match. That's not, that's not anything that, that somebody's going to pay to see, you know, for, for pay-per-view. Because there's no way Lance Archer is winning. Or if he is, it's only because he's, you know, AEW's like, yeah, go to Japan for eight months. We don't care. Yeah. Jeff, uh, one of the other big things that happened off this episode of Dynamite was um, this build to MJF, right? So they're trying to build the story of the four pillars um, fighting over the AEW world title. This is all um, just to build up time to get to what eventually will be Darby Allen versus MJF. Um, you don't think it'll be a fatal four-way? It doesn't appear so. So apparently tonight there was like a, a four pillars tournament, which I don't really understand um, given that one of the four pillars is the champion. So you can't just put the champion in the, in the tournament, but you had, there's no interim uh, pillar. <laughs> Possibly. There's a substitute. The, the Kingo is an interim pillar. N- no, it's commander. Actually. Commander is commander. interim pillar. <laughs> commander. Is Adam the- page doesn't even merit as an interim pillar. No, that's how low he is. Stu Grayson. Stu. <laughs> no five. Okay. I, I still think it's going to be a fatal four way, but okay. Um, it appears that there was. By the way, the, yeah. these these three of these four pillars could couldn't even hold up a picnic tarp. <laughs> yeah, this is the again the four pillars tournament match. Which again, I don't understand who. Let's see here if I can um, make heads or tails out of this Gavar. Like if they were at MJF's bar mitzvah, rebar mitzvah, and they were going to do the hoopah where they put him on the chair and lift him up and down, like you would need like at least 16 other, you know, 13 year olds to help them lift that, lift that chair up. Okay. Oh, got it. So this is how the four pillars tournament is turning out, which really isn't much of a tournament. Hmm. Um, Imagine that with three people. Jungle boy versus Sammy Guevara. That was on tonight. And Darby Allen is getting a bye in round one. 
so essentially it's two matches. So it's Jungle Boy versus Sammy. Sammy wins the match. Sammy then goes on to face Darby Allen, which, you know, Darby's going to win. This is my knock on AEW. Is like everything, you know what's going to happen, but I think that's the allure of AEW. I think all these smart marks like to be right because they can't get other things right in their life. So they like to be like, see, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. Can you add to three, motherfucker? No, but I knew that, you know, Darby <laughs> Allen was going to win. Okay, good. Feel proud of yourself. Yeah. Uh, listen, I still think it's going to be a fatal four-way. I still don't. I still think that that's a lame main event. I, I, I don't buy into – I mean, I accept Darby for what he is, but I don't think that he's a main event for a world title shot on a pay-per-view. I, I could see him in main event in the right match, especially if it's like a Sting retirement match or something like that. I mean, I, I believe him – to a certain ceiling. Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara. Sting should never speak. Jungle Boy has gotten worse. Sammy Guevara has gotten worse. I don't I don't see either of these guys as 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 being ratings draws. I know they're not ratings draws. No one will buy tickets to them. And anyway, you're not taking the title off of MJF anytime soon, and you shouldn't. I agree. All right, quick hits. Um, FTR wins the tag titles. I know that happened last uh, week or so. Two weeks. Um, yeah. Thoughts on FTR winning the tag titles, given the fact that they are um, had so much trouble trying to get these titles. Well, you knew they were going to because it was like either we win the titles or we leave AEW, and you knew they weren't resigned. I think there might have been a second where they were thinking about but I think when all the Vince stuff came up and everyone's afraid Vince was back, I, I think they got scared of that again. But, you know, listen, AEW is a much better place for for 5'8 wrestlers than WWE is. So, you know, so I never doubted for a second. Meanwhile, have we even seen the gun club since then? I, I haven't. I don't remember, you know. Well, they showed up tonight. Did they show up tonight? Um, oh, wait a minute. I might have gotten that wrong. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not that interested. But, yeah. So what do I think? Fine. It's fine. Good. They're, you know. Yeah, no, the gun club was not here. Yeah. Jake Hager, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Ang. Ang. Yeah, I mean. Ang. Yeah, th- those two stink. But, um, yeah. Yeah, FTR's a perfectly good tag team. They're they're very solid in the ring. They're very technically sound. They are. You know, they're small for my taste, but but in AEW they're not particularly small, um, and it's fine. They're, they're, it's respectable to have them have the titles. I I think that's fine. It's just there used to be such a great tag team division there, and I I, I don't know what happened to all the tag teams. You know, usually we play this game um, here, Jeff, called. Uh, would you rather, right? Would you rather be this guy in this situation or this other guy in this other situation? So many games. Um, and real quick, I want to play this game with you. Okay. Would you rather be any member of the Outcasts or any member of Damage Control? Uh... <laughs> A good one, could, could, could I could I not be any of them? No, that's what makes the game the game, Jeff. You can't just pick no. Um, I think I'd rather be Bailey then. 
I think that's the easier one to pick, right? But, you know, I guess let's let's make it a little tougher for you. If you're Dakota Kai, would you rather be Dakota Kai or would you rather be Tony Storm? I think I'd rather be Tony Storm than Dakota Kai. Mm. Would you rather be EO Sky or um, Ruby Riot? I'd rather be EO Sky, but... Oh, I mean, I think it would just be easier to look at myself in the mirror. Oh, shit. That's fucked up. All right. Um, moving on. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think Bailey is an easy pick. But once you start dicing it up amongst the other members, I think it becomes a little difficult. I think you, I would pick Ruby Riot and Tony Storm. Um. Well, that's because you you have a close telephone relationship with Tony Storm. Oh, without a doubt. I'm always on the phone with her. Do you do you want me to call her? No, 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 it's okay. It's good. Oh, okay. Um so, so here are another couple of quick hits. Jeff Hardy returns. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Last week he makes his triumphant return. Um they let this man out of rehab to come and do this nonsense. Comes out with the chair. I guess he's also the chairman of some board. Mm -hmm. He comes out and saves his brother. Probably stole Uh, from his support circle. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thoughts on Jeff Hardy's return? He has no business being anywhere near a wrestling ring. He looks terrible. He looks out of shape. Um, He apparently had eye surgery, so now his eyes are cockeyed just like his brothers are. I guess his brother's eyes got cockeyed just by being conked on the head too many times. At least he had surgery to, but it looks like they're both half blind. One of them can't move at all. The other one, God knows what, what he can or can't do. I mean, being in the pro wrestling environment is like the worst thing that an addict can do. Um, and this is not Jeff Hardy's second chance. This is about his 12th chance. So, and he's, getting older and I'm not interested in the Hardy's nostalgia tour again. They, I saw their nostalgia tour. I saw, I saw it after the broken universe. That, that was not, that was good. That was a high. They went to all the Indies. They, they collected belts in, in every indie promotion there was. They, they came back to, they surprised us that, that it was the WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble. That, that was a great scene. They, they went to ring of honor. They won those belts. They, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they did the thing. They, you know, here is my, fear other than health for, for Jeff. And it's just a matter of time before Matt hurts himself or, or somebody else. But I actually, I know that they look like they have money, but I have a feeling that they're the kind of folks who spend what they have so they can maintain their, their, their lifestyle as soon as, as long as they're working. But like six months after they're not, you know, or, you know, four years, let's give them a little credit. I, I think there's going to be problems. Problems as in, like, real-life problems? Problems in, like, you know, things that we're hearing about Conan and Abdullah the Butcher and Kamala. You know, the people who can't pay for basic needs, including, you know, housing and, and, you know, health care. You know, I think they're going to be pitifully at every every wrestling convention and and show, which is one of the reasons I always tell everyone, take the big chucks. Don't don't make fun of Dolph Ziegler. Take your million dollars a year. And, and don't cause any problems and you will, you will be wealthy the rest of life. Don't, you know, uh, because 
if anyone was to tell me that Bobby Eaton couldn't pay for his own funeral, I would have called them a liar. If, if anyone told me that Conan would be on his fourth GoFundMe, uh, you know, I would have I would have called them a liar a few years ago. You know, everyone thinks these stars make a lot of money, and they just don't. Nope, nope. It's unfortunate. Jeff, last point uh, I have for AEW, unless you have any other stuff to add. Well, what do you think about Jeff side? Hardy coming back? You're being you're being very coy. Oh, oh, I am. I'm, I like to be coy. Um, I it's not a big deal to me, like you said. It's this is like the umpteenth time that we've seen it, and you know, is it cool to hear it? And then him coming out and the. The, the pointing of the fingers and the bopping of the head. Oh, well, yeah. well, at least this time he went straight to rescue. He didn't. He didn't stop to dance first. So <laughs> that's right. Like it's it's cool, but also like you know, I I think I brought this story up before. Like I I grew up listening to Pearl Jam, and so recently when I see Pearl Jam on the screen, and I'm like, man, Eddie Vedder is old, and then I'm like, oh fuck, this means I'm old, like. It's the same thing with Jeff Hardy. Like seeing him, seeing Jeff and Matt, like all fucked up in the head and, and the face and all this stuff and really old. And it, it's just a reminder that Father Time is beating me down. And it, as much as the like pumps you up, like then you start seeing him and then it's like, oh shit, like. I don't need to be reminded of this and father time and, and all of it. Like you look like a fucking mess. Go home, stay home, buddy. But these guys can't like, this is why they made the movie, the wrestler. Like these guys can't stay away. No, they cannot. And Jeff's yeah. ringside news reported. Um, and I use the word reported loosely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very loosely that, um, rumors, uh, uh, behind the scenes in AEW is that switchblade, Jay White um, doesn't feel like a big deal. Um, he doesn't. That. I mean, you paired him with Juice Robinson, who doesn't feel like a big deal. They start to sing Bullet Club Gold, which sounds like a shitty beer. Um, and all you hear from the people from actual Bullet Club is whatever they're doing, it's got nothing to do with us. So they're sort of being thrown under the bus by Bullet Club. Of course, Listen, I don't follow Japanese. I don't watch Japanese wrestling, but I follow at least the big stories. And I know that Jay White's last act in New Japan was to be kicked out of Bullet Club. So, you know, and, and Juice has never felt like a big deal. And again, they, they brought him in to, and they beat up Ricky Starks, which, as far as I know, hasn't really led to much of anything. Um, he didn't wrestle a match in, you know, for, for a couple of weeks. Juice Robinson, I don't think, has won any big matches. And the first, I, I'm presuming Jay White defeated Commander tonight, but I'm presuming that it was a very difficult match, and it was probably a long match, and and probably Commander had all of the high spots, which is not how you build a new guy, unless you're trying to build Commander, because that's just what they need, another undersized flippy guy with a mask. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't feel like a big deal, and maybe that's why he went there because he did, maybe you know maybe he doesn't want to be the man. But I thought he did. I thought he was hungrier than that. Um, I thought he wanted to establish himself. But it, it seems like you know a lot of these guys are like Adam Page. There, they're comfortable feeling like they're big fish, but they're really all the same size fish in in 
in you know in their pond and they and they don't care how crowded the pond is because you know it's so egalitarian there you know and and listen tony khan has enough money that maybe it can be that way forever or maybe at some point he's not or maybe at some point his father says boy i can't let you in the family businesses if this is how you do business you know yeah, but then I did this analysis on the PwC also. So let's just say that, you know, Tony Khan said that their their best year they grossed $100 million. Now, they didn't talk about netting. They grossed $100 million. Let's imagine that they spent $200 million to gross $100 million. So that's losing $100 million. That's a lot of money. But if yeah. you're worth $1.5 billion, that's one-fifteenth of your income and you have a pretty good idea that you are one of the heirs to a fortune of 11 and a half billion dollars. So right. how many people, you know, spend 15% of their income on their hobbies? Probably a lot. Probably a lot of people spend that money golfing, boating, fishing, you know, tennis. Did you say boning? Boning. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, podcasting, you know, whatever your whatever it is that your hobbies are, bowling night with the guys, gambling, playing cards, whatever it is, vacationing. If this is Tony Khan's 24-7, 365 hobby, and he's paying and he's using 15% to do it, maybe that's not a big deal. Maybe if you put it into that perspective, maybe maybe it ain't a thing. Right. I mean, what's the difference? Dan Quayle one of the least famous and least successful vice presidents in the history of the United States once said, he said, what's the difference between how someone lives if they have $5 million and $50 million? And he said, there is none. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Um, Yeah, I've said it. Jay White leading into this wasn't a big deal, right? Yeah, we had a whole thing about it. We had a row. We had a proper row. We did, and 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 nobody nobody took our side. We didn't. I didn't. We didn't become trending. And now look look at us. Yeah, and and tonight they signed. They announced the commander is all elite. So it like steals Jay White's thunder from them. I mean that that's not they they constantly undercut themselves with unnecessary shit. I mean nothing against commander, but they don't need him. <laughs> And certainly they could have waited a little time to announce it. I mean, what, what, wasn't it like six months ago that they signed Bandito? And I think he's had two TV matches since being signed, plus the one that he had before being signed. I love, I love that they, they big up the idea, like, we signed Commander. Like, right. And depending, again, we didn't watch the show. Right. But and is next going to be Ijo de Kingo? And, and it was reported today that Tony Khan is furious that, that NXT signed Dragon Lake. Why? What the? I mean, does he really need every action figure? I think he does. I think he does. I mean, did he want? Did he want? To, does he get extra points if he has all three of the brothers? Is it like Monopoly? You get a if you have Rouge, Jolistico, and Dragonly, you win something. I mean, I'm sure he can still sign El Bestia, the father. <laughs> you know this. It doesn't surprise me that they would shoot themselves in the foot. They're I mean, not building up. He cares all about like the match quality, which is you know okay, good. There's some people that care about that. It's proven that nobody cares about that because then if you did, NXT would have gotten bigger ratings I mean, back in the. Day. I mean, this is the guy that eight months ago said he's having trouble 
getting people on finding TV time for everybody. This this in, within the last since we did our last show, signed Commander, signed Sky Blue, signed Billy Starks, signed Brian Cage to a five year extension. Who who was competing for Brian Cage and signed FTR to f- four years and they're retiring? God knows what else he's done. You're talking about Kota Ibushi. You're talking about Goldberg for God's sake. Right. People still fantasizing about uh, Mercedes Monet. By the way, she she put on Facebook today that she's definitely moving to Japan, and she posted something where she was going to a English-speaking Japanese driving school. So I guess she wants to get her driver's license. I'm almost certain that she's broken up with her husband. I don't know. Seems seems to I, like the guy. I barely see her with a ring on. I, maybe maybe that's the secret that. of why they like each other. They, they don't spend that much time with each other. And that's the secret of their success. How do I get in on that secret with her? I, I, I don't know how to tell you to do that, but uh, I mean, you're, you're a man of creative ideas. Only when I'm sleeping, apparently. I think step. I talk to Vince. I think step one would, well, I think maybe while you're awake, you step out of that stooge um, suit, and maybe step one is you book a flight to Tokyo. Wow, you think I got a shot? No, well, go, but don't listen to me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cynic. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a pessimist. Don't listen to me. Listen to to Mr. Blue Sky. Don't listen to to Mr. Uh, Cloudy Day. Oh, okay. Wow, get you. Go on, go, 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 shoot your shot, player. Talk your talk. Thank you. Watch, watch me end up like joining the Yakuza when I'm there. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Jeff told me to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other AEW news? Uh, so, or can we just move on to? Uh, let's see. Ones? Any titles? Uh, I mean, AEW adjacent Aussie Open won the IWGP New Japan Tag Team Titles and the New Japan Strong Tag Team Titles. Wow, that's exciting. Um, I think I said Sonata is the IWGP. Uh, Heavyweight champion. Neither of those are really AEW anyway, but Ajay, close enough. Close enough. No, I, I don't think that there is. I mean, unless you consider Will Ospreay, and you know, but we already talked about him. He said he tweeted that he's, he doesn't have his strength and he's medically clear, but he doesn't feel well. He doesn't have strength in his shoulder, and he's not sure how much longer he can do this. You think that to work? You think like that's all just like, surprise, I'm here in Wembley. He might still be in Wembley, but no, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy, but uh, he's usually full of braggadocio. I mean, not this. So I'll, right. take, I'll take him at his word. Okay. WWE news. Uh, let's start with Drew McIntyre and Becky Lynch blacked out their Twitter handles. I love the reports about these so far. Um <laughs> I want to say it was like um, Sean Ross Sapp that first reported Drew McIntyre saying, oh, there's trouble in paradise. Drew McIntyre blacked out his uh, profile picture and the background and removed all mentions of WWE. Uh, A couple days later, we had the same thing done by Becky Lynch. Um, But if you pay attention to their handles, it's still Drew McIntyre WWE at, you know, that's the handle for Drew. And Rebecca Quinn, Becky Lynch changed hers to Rebecca Quinn and lost her blue check mark. 
that she gained as Becky Lynch because of it. Um, I'm sure she'll have no problem getting it back. But Jeff, um, what's going on here? Why are um, why is Drew McIntyre seem to be upset about his place in the book? Where is Becky Lynch? What's going on here? Are they are they going to w, to AEW? Absolutely nothing. This is all fake drama. It's so sick. I mean, Drew McIntyre's contract doesn't expire for another eight and a half months. Becky's doesn't expire until June of 2024. So that's 14 months. I mean, they haven't signed a new contract. Of course they haven't. It was a three-year contract. <laughs> I mean, there's it, almost a full year and a half on it. So, you know, this, this, is, this is silliness. This is all their working things. This is all to, to have social media stories and buzz into the draft, like who's going to move, who's going to be drafted. Maybe they'll get a fresh start, this, that, the other thing. I mean, we're just coming off, you know, Becky and Lita losing the titles without Lita being in the match. Uh, You know, and then the Trish, one of the worst heel turns I've ever seen. Um, You know, so maybe it's just to make people stop talking about the, the, lameness of the heel turn and, and how stupid that title switch was. I mean, the only one that made sense was Sonya Deville pointing out how, how dumb it was for that to have happened. I mean, at least with the Freebird rule, which has been more liberally applied these days, it usually involves a faction that's been together for a while, at least a few months, you know, even with Judgment Day and, and the Bloodline. They, they, were, they were a thing for, you know, the better part of a year, if not long, you know, with Sami Zayn and then with Finn and all that you know, Dominic, the better part of a year. These ladies, they, they came together basically for one match at WrestleMania, and, and I think they've had like two matches since then. So it, this, this was dumb. Um, but yeah, this is just fake drama for the draft to build up some, you know, what's going on with that one? Oh, LA Knight keeps losing. Maybe he'll benefit from a change of scenery. They just want people to talk about who's going to benefit from a change of scenery. There'll be Twitter polls, you know, galore you know, put out there and people will be talking about it. And that's what they want. They want the draft to be a major deal. Um, and fine, that, that you know, could be interesting. There's too many people there. Maybe some people will, will get disappeared. They may draft some people up from they NXT. Will get disappeared. Yeah. Am I going to get my wishes? Is Brunson Reed going to get disappeared? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, he wouldn't be my my first, but he, he might make Who the list. Who your first? Who? Who would you uh, draft off? I pr- I mean, Tegan Knox would probably be my first. <laughs> Nikki Cross, maybe. Uh, Leah. Um, yeah, th- those would probably be my first. Baron Corbin would have to be in, in consideration. Oh, wow. I thought you were a big Corbin guy. Yeah. Tozawa. Cedric Alexander. Wow. I mean... Kevin Patrick? I yeah, Kevin, Kevin Patrick, Patrick, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred percent yes. How, however, that, that woman, Renee Zellweger, said it in, in uh, Show Me the Money movie, Jerry Maguire, a hundred times yes. <laughs> Kevin Patrick. <laughs> um, let's stick around with Becky Lynch and Trish for a minute. Um, rumors came out also after Becky Lynch changed her name and said she wasn't showing up to raw was the true story is she's got a leg injury, an ankle injury and a leg, a foot injury, some sort of injury to her. And they probably also want people to be paying attention to Trisha's promo as well. Um, right. Which might've been a tactical error because it sounded like she forgot how to cut a promo, but it, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It just was very stilted. 
it wasn't terrible, but I do agree with everything that she said. I think it's fine. Um, it makes sense. Um, it, it's it's what, it's hard to bash her when she's wearing the cowboy hat and the boobs. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it is. I mean, I mean, she's got cleavage for days. She's like, I'm I'm the greatest of all time. What thoughts on any everybody saying they're the greatest of all time? John Cena is the greatest of all time. The the Roman is the greatest of all time. Trish is the greatest of all time. Becky's the greatest of all time. No, none none of them are the greatest of all time. But but Trish may have the greatest cleavage of all time. Okay, all right. I I I think uh, people would be hard pressed to. I bet they would be hard pressed. Re- refute you. Um, I like what Trish had to say. Um, I liked her her promo. Yeah, that was um, good. But she's she's wrong. She was my childhood crush, but she was age appropriate for me. I think <laughs> I think she. I I wonder how long Becky Lynch will be out of this uh, feud, and I wonder if that's the reason that they really hot shotted the title change because they knew Becky couldn't hold these belts for long. And it didn't make sense to have Lita and Trish hold these titles together. So they said, let's cut it and then pivot to Trish versus somebody. Who that baby face will be, I don't know. But you're a long ways away from WrestleMania, uh, from SummerSlam, right? SummerSlam is in August, mid-August. Yeah, but you're not that far away from Backlash or Crown Jewel. Or uh, what, is they, what are they call Night of Champions? I mean, uh, Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch in, in Saudi Arabia? I could see that. They, they like their nostalgia acts there, and despite what Trish said, she is a bit of a nostalgia act. Yep. What about her boobs? Are they a nostalgia act? Well, in Saudi Arabia, they wouldn't, They don't show those. So, no, they're, 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 they're always funky fresh and hot off the presses. Oh, wow. They're definitely current. They're now wow pow. They're what the people want. Speaking about hot things in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. Goldberg has been very critical of WWE, saying he was promised a retirement match. Vince told me I was going to get a retirement match, and he lied to me. Well, daddy's not home. Goldberg's had about 900 retirement matches. But you know what? You know, all in MJF versus his father Goldberg with Barry Horowitz as as the special guest referee. A whole B'nai B'rith Anti-Defamation League sponsored event. Wow. I'm I'm impressed that you booked that. Is that like... I came uh, up with all three Jews in professional wrestling. I mean, on the inside of the ring anyway. Could it be a gimmick match? Like, could it be like terror at the temple? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. (laughs) Slaughter at the synagogue. Does somebody get hit with a shofar? Yeah. Some sort of candelabra. I'm going to shove a shofar up your ass. (laughs) I'm going to shove this shofar so up your ass. The menorah of doom. Tell you, tell you what, the, the the four pillars they might be able to hold up a huppa. 
Any interest in a Gold in a Goldberg retirement match? Oh, I mean, I'm not against Goldberg, but he's just it's just he talks too much. He's so bitter. It's just like you've like outstayed your welcome for so long, and you kept getting title matches. I mean, like I said, it like like probably like a year and a half. I, like I wouldn't care if he just walked in and like they did like Goldberg versus Edge, Spear versus Spear. You know, so, you know something rando like that. That you know that'd be fine. But like it's it's it's. Where he's coming, and he just walks and says, "You're next," and he gets a, a title match on a, on a big card after like losing his last twenty three matches. It's it's dumb. Um, should he have a retirement match? I mean, you don't. Nobody really gets to retire the way they want. Kurt Angle didn't get to retire the way they want. Ric Flair could have, but he wouldn't stay retired. I mean, <laughs> nobody in wrestling retires. I mean, Goldberg's one of the few people who, you know, he actually turned himself into a celebrity. He has jobs. Like, he's always – like, I don't know what these shows are that he's on, but on all 397 cable channels, he's always the host of one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know who would be a good opponent to be Goldberg's last match. Like the big show on Mark Henry triple threat. That's all in <laughs> his son. Uh, what is his name? Kincaid. Uh, the, oh, <laughs> his son is named Hook, Hook Goldberg. Yeah. Hook Goldberg's too uh, young to, to, to put his dad out. Right. I, I couldn't care less. No idea. I, I don't know how old this kid is. His kids. What, what was he like? A, wasn't he like a college freshman last we saw him two or three years ago? He's, I thought he was like a high school student. I don't know. Whatever it is, he's, he's college age by now. I don't know. Is he old enough? Sure, but he's, he's probably 170 pounds. Yeah. Which know. makes him, you know, one of the pillars in AEW. Oh, this is true. But you can say a lot of things about Goldberg, but he, he kept himself in phenomenal. I mean, not only is he in great shape for a 56-year-old, he's in great shape for a 26-year-old. Yep, yep. He looks good, man. Um, Jeff, since we've been gone, Riddle has returned. Um, and and he gets, I guess, rocket propelled into the bloodline feud. Like, that seemed a little odd to me. I know Randy's a ways away. What's the story with that? What do you think of Riddle joining Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? I mean, I think it's good for Riddle. I mean, how can someone be back two weeks and I'm already sick of them? You know, thank WWE and their constant recaps and promotions and their recaps of their recaps and Riddle being sort of a a dullard as a character, unless he hits the right chemistry with someone, then it's a home run. Like with with Orton, it was a home run. And somehow with Pete Dunne, it was a home run when they were the Broserweights. But the rest of the time, it's annoying. But Everything that's been going on, I think we did talk about this last time with with Cody, it feels very NWA when it was the Horseman versus Dusty. And Dusty would find these like ragtag alliances, like, you know, they they wouldn't make sense necessarily. It's like, you know, at some point he had the Road Warriors and the Kita Koloff, but most of the time he'd find like Sting and then like Tim Horner and Ronnie Garvin or like gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes or something. And this, and this very much feels like that where it's sort of like these ragtag groups coming together of, of random face, you know, NWA style faces that, that sort of look like, you know, they're, they're all relatable. None of them are particularly big. They all have indie cred. I mean, so I think it's a good place for Riddle. I don't love it, but what else would I have him do? So 
yeah, I, I think it's fine. And, and it's not like he's an overpowering guy. So it, it's not like you would, you would look at him and like all of a sudden they have, I don't know, you know, Braun Strowman on their side or whatever, you know, and he's got this monster there. Um, so, you know, it's okay. It's just the whole thing with the bloodline. There's such a thing as too much of a good thing. And they were, they were flirting with too much of a good thing in the lead up to WrestleMania, but most notably in like the five weeks up to it. Like, it's like the bloodline were on all the time, constantly. Plus their recaps and their constant recaps of recaps and recaps of the week before and recaps of the second before recaps. And they would be on both shows. It was just too, too much. Um, It's like, there is such a thing about wanting us, letting us want something more. And when you have all these other people on the roster, I mean, you, you could have done other things, tried other stories, um, and, you know, thrown some things on the wall, see what worked. Um, instead, they sort of squandered that. So I'm already sort of sick of it, but but it's okay. I mean, I, I think that, that comment's a good pivot to yeah. um, it's mid. my next topic with you is Solo Sokoa. Solo's being built uh, up to be a, a badass. Um, he's gotten wins over Rey Mysterio. Um, who did he beat last week? Well, Riddle. 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 Um, I mean, he's beaten everyone but Cody. He's beaten everybody but Cody, right? And and obviously Roman, but that's my next question, right? So they're building up Solo, and and this is the right way that you build somebody up and if you're going to feed them to somebody, at least you've, you've done the service of building this guy up to be a tough guy. Um, Solo's almost in the stratosphere of build as Umaga was a couple of years ago. I never really got behind Umaga the first go around. Um, I appreciate him a lot more now. Um, and I think they're just kind of replicating the... Um, the plan with Solo. But who are they going to feed Solo to is the question. Are they building him up to feed him to Cody again? Or are they building him up to feed him to Roman? Um, well, he already lost to Cody. I don't think, I mean, I think anything with Roman is way too soon. I mean, maybe in a year, year and a half, or something like that. I mean, well, this this far. this bloodline, you know, breakup may never happen. And if it does, we don't know the combination. But right now, what it looks like is the Usos on one side and Solo and Roman on the other. Um, so you know, maybe, maybe, but not yet. I mean, yeah, he's been booked great. But, I mean, a lot of the wins, especially against some of the bigger stars, there's been shenanigans involved, which is fine. I mean, Roman's won most of his matches that way, too. But but Roman is the top card guy already. I, I, I think Solo, they're doing a great job with him, but I don't see him as a main eventer yet. I, I think he needs to get some mid-card gold or, 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 or something. There needs to be more. I, I don't think he needs to be fed to anyone. Okay, so you say... Keep him strong. Yeah, keep him keep him strong. Keep him as the enforcer. I don't think he needs to be fed to anyone, and I don't think necessarily anybody that's top needs to be fed to him. He can continue to be the enforcer, and you know, and, and there's there's plenty of people that he can beat in matches. You know, maybe he gets one of those legends matches, but he 
but he beats the legend as opposed to the legend usually beating you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next up on my list is Rian the Judgment Day. You spoke a little bit about this earlier. I know after WrestleMania you were advocating for Rhea to break away from the Judgment Day and be her own star. Mm-hmm. Um, I was of the belief that she could remain with Judgment Day and still carve her own path um, to, to, I guess, individuality. I think you don't agree with that. Um, so just kind of, I guess, elaborate more on that while, while uh, we're on. The- well, I, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's hard. And wrestling bookers don't really do hard very much. And it doesn't seem like they are. I mean, not only are they not building her up as a solo person, but can you tell me who's in line for the SmackDown Women's Championship title? I mean, Charlotte's gone away. So it's not even like she's looking for a rematch. Lacey Evans hasn't been on TV. You know, they've been doing tag team matches on that show. Ronda and Shayna seem like a tag team act, but, you know, one or both of them are hurt. Who knows? So, you know, who's it, Shotzi? I mean, there, there's nobody there. there. There's, you know, and then the nostalgia acts they've had, they all have in this story with Becky. And, you know, basically they've right. spent the last half a year, you know, build, building Bailey only to be sort of like the, uh, you know, the the person who loses big matches. So, um, they haven't, you know, if they're not going to build her, they should at least build some opponents for her. And they haven't done that. Like there needs to be some woman or women on win streaks and then let them have a collision to see where it's going. But they're doing a better job. You know, they, you know, I think part of it was Carmella, Chelsea Green was supposed to be with her. And then they tried it with a couple of other people. But, you know, like Piper Niven is someone they could throw into there. She's believable, but they keep having her lose matches. Um, you know, they were doing a good job with Lacey Evans. I don't know if it's use of her Twitter personality. I don't know if it's a real personality. I don't know if that's her boobs keep falling out out of her wardrobe and they can't have that on TV. Um, you know, my, you know, my personal Zia Lee, who, you know, doesn't win any matches, you know, Raquel Rodriguez, who they look like they were building up. They have her firmly in the tag team, you know, division, or at least for now. So you think you have to build something, but, you know, I guess it depends what you prioritize. If, if they want to keep Dom hot, you need to keep him with Rhea because that's the thing that's hot. It's not him with Judgment Day. It's him with Rhea with Judgment Day, but also with Ray. And that's another problem because you now have the Legado del Fantasma, now the LWO. They're losing. They're, they're losing everything in support of Ray. And wasn't Karrion Cross supposed to be targeting Ray? But they can't take Ray away from this because they need to keep Dom hot. Why? I mean, I have big concerns about Dom if he's not in a program with Ray and not with Rhea. I don't see, I mean, I think Dom's been doing a great job with this. He's knocking it out of the park. I just don't think that that he can continue to do so in different circumstances. And it seems like they agree with me and they've chosen to back his horse instead of backing like everyone else around him. I mean, Damian Priest was supposed to be the breakout star. Damian Priest seems to be the least important person in Judgment Day. At least Finn's lately been taking the L, so maybe they're turning that around. But I, I think they've done some long-term damage here. I mean, they, they could have had a semi-star in Damian Priest. Um, you know, I think a cross-Ray Mysterio feud could have been interesting, maybe, 
possibly. Um, I'd hope. Uh, you know, I don't know. I like Santos Escobar. I, I didn't really believe that Legato would be a big deal on the main roster. So this LWO sells merch, putting them with Ray seems nice. But if they're just going to be the guys that, that fail him and lose and, you know, maybe get the feel-good win in Puerto Rico because Bad Bunny's there, yay. But, you know, on, on anything else, it's, does does Santos Escobar now feel like he's going to threaten for the Intercontinental Championship or World Championship? Or does Legato feel like they're going to be challenging the Usos anytime soon? No. I, I mean, I, I think that they're booking up Dominic at the expense of everyone else, including the SmackDown women's title, which, you know, right now should be one of their top three titles and it doesn't feel important at all. Yeah. I think they're in a, in a weird spot with, with Rhea. I think they're build they're buying her time for the draft and then figuring out where to, where to start there. Um, who's her next opponent up? Probably Zelina because she's affiliated with LWO. Yeah, but that's not a real feud. That's just, that's just a, that's just a match. I know. I know it's filler, right. but I think, you know, Zelina is is admirable, and and I mean, think about all the different positions that Rhea can put her. Uh, and, I, I, oh my god, is it, is it getting hot? In we here? recognize Queen Vega. Oh my god, getting a hot flash. I know. Calm down. Um, calm down. Yeah, the only one that you know who doesn't recognize Queen Vega is our friend Drew He's apparently a big. Uh, uh, Zelina hate. I got to tell you, I pulled a Drew Yari today. I watched the season finale of The Mandalorian, and when and when the when the spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, <laughs> thank you, okay. thank you, good. Okay, so when um, what, what's the main character? What's the Mandalorian's like name? It's like Dar Din Jaren. Din- yeah, Noam Dar. Noam Dar. Noam Dar. Din Jaren. So when he yes, you know when Grogu couldn't take the vows because he couldn't speak. But if he get if he's a child of a Mandalorian, he could they could uh, they could accept the Kree for him. And so then Din Djarin said, "Then I will adopt Groku as my own son." That that gave me that gave me the Drew Yari feels. You know, Drew Yari cries at everything, and I you know I, I almost cried from that. That that gave me the feels. Aww. Yeah. Why, why did it hit so hard? I don't know. Groku's just so cute. Just his big eyes. He just wanted it so badly and he can't talk. And he's and he's so powerful and so helpless at the same time. He was talking in this episode with the with the robot. <laughs> well, yeah, but the robot got blown up. And it always said no, no, no. But there was so great it was great. All Right. Do you find it funny now that we're on the topic of the Mandalorian? Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, uh-huh. barely has any uh, words. Any, uh, she any, said, um, "Do you live here?" <laughs> I know, right? This episode, she—that's all she that's said. That's epic. In the entire se- in the entire episode, she's said, "Do you live here?" Like, did you plant these? Meanwhile, I see behind you, you have the action figure of her battle armor from last year and the action figure of the battle armor from this year. That's right. That's right. Because sometimes I like to cosplay. Mm -hmm. Um, But baby Grogu with this yes, yes, no, no. He had more lines than than Sasha Banks in this entire season. He's a star. She's a supporting character. (laughs) But I just want to put that in perspective to everybody that's like, 
she's getting Mandalorian money. What Mandalorian money? What is she getting? Like $5 an episode? Like, come on, man. She's getting a, a SAG rate, but you know, and then, you know, who knows how much filming is involved that, that you know, you don't get paid just for what makes it on the screen, but no, she's not a big character on it, but she's obviously part of the show and will be in the future. And then, you know, good, you know, good for her. Listen, when you, when you're in Star Wars, that stuff will run forever. You will get royalties forever. you you sell action figures. You'll be on lunchboxes. It's fine. Listen, we, we all know that she made most of her money in WWE and she can probably live off that forever. All right. I just bring that up because everybody wants to be. She also, she's very happy about something. I think she might've signed a contract with stardom today. Well, good for her. I'm not breaking news, but I'm saying that if you hear something about Mercedes Monet, you know, either after or before the show drops, you know, after April 19th, 2023, that, that, that I'd say that's 80%. That That you broke it. Well, technically she broke it, but she didn't really say what it was, but she said it's the happiest day of her life, which is weird because she got married and she's been a world champion and stuff like that. Maybe she got divorced. <laughs> well, there you go. Book your tickets. There, Book your, there is, you your, is your passport current player? That it is. Konnichiwa. Domo arigato. There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm typing. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. There you go. Uh, Jeff, last thing that I've got for WWE, uh, unless you've got some stuff to discuss. Uh, when is the draft? WWE, when is the draft? It is, is it, I don't think it's this, it's between SmackDown on Friday and then the following Raw, but I don't think it's this. Week. So the question is, we will have a show between now and then, so we don't have to get deep into the draft. No, I don't think so. I still think, yeah. like, I mean, I think the draft is more... Unless we're going to do a fantasy draft, which I'd be open to. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, we could consider it. I wasn't planning. But, you know, just say, who do you think would benefit from the draft? Or do you think any tag teams are going to be split? Do you think any titles, you know, champions are going to be switched to different brands? And if so, do you think they're going to do the lame thing where they just switch the belts again like they've done the last two years in a row? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That might be fun for, like, a bonus episode. Like, we can put a Bonus episode. We, we can barely do the regular bi-weekly. <laughs> Listen, but sure, with yeah, is- yeah. It, that sounds like a fine bonus episode. I, you know, Thank you know, I'm down. Thank Listen, you. I made time for. I was on the Homeboy '88 show today. <laughs> Wait, what? Homeboy '88, my second appearance on the show. I <laughs> apparently the, my first appearance is in his top ten shows ever. So he invited me back. What? What are you? And what is this Homeboy '88 show? Uh, Homeboy is basically a younger, better looking version of you. No. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I couldn't tell you much more. Homeboy, I, I sort of know through the PWC universe. Apparently he was part of Hameen and they might have had a falling out or something. I don't even know his real name. I mean, I just tell people that, you know, he, <laughs> he's not Homeboy 1 through 87. He's Homeboy 88. But you, you, and the show is about wrestling, um, politics. It's really about whatever he wants it to be. So, yes, he asked me a couple of wrestling questions, but like that wasn't. The topic. This was, I think, it was asked. Doctor Lipman was was the topic of this show. Doctor Lipman. Yeah. Wow. Because Jimmy calls me Doctor Jeff Lipman, which I mean, technically, I have a doctorate, but it, it is very confusing because nobody calls lawyers doctors, including lawyers, unless they actually also have another doctorate. Um, 
Can he call you Esquire? He could. I mean, but I mean, that's not really something that you normally call yourself either, unless you're really pretentious. But he calls me Dr. Jeff Lubin, so that's fine. That's, you know, what do I care? I'm not going to fight it. And, you know, I write the description, so, uh, you know, I, I give him a different word for, you know, he's Jimmy T. So I'll, I'll write like, you know, Jimmy Tanaka, J- Jimmy Tetracycline, Jimmy Tempura, uh, Jimmy um, Titanakami, you know, whatever, whatever strikes my fancy. I've got to come up with a different T word each time. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Trapezoid. Yeah. Jimmy uh, Tazawa. Yeah, Jimmy Tazawa. Absolutely. Um, Jeff, last thing I got for WWE is, um, you know, Jimmy Tutankhamen got bought out by uh, the Endeavor Group, who owns UFC, uh, to the tune of $9 billion. And there is rumors that uh, just like when they bought UFC, there was tremendous budget cuts and um, a reduction in redundancies. And I guess recently Nick Khan was asked and he said, yes, I foresee at least $50 million um, to cut. Right. And this is the cue where wrestling fans immediately think they think that means talent. And while there may be some of those, that's not the kind of cuts they're talking about. They're talking about things where they have redundancies in staff and expenses. So they will combine their advertising departments. They will combine their IT. They'll get rid of half of the servers. They'll get, you know, they'll only have one internal phone system. You know, there's all these costs that people don't think about. You know, that there's... Mid-management, there's people in insurance, there's people in legal, there's people in human resources, there's people in facilities management. They're not going to need all of those, all, all of those things. They're going to have redundancies. And in some cases, Endeavor will make the cuts. In some cases, WWE will make the cuts. In, I mean, UFC, not the Endeavor. In some cases, both will make certain cuts and they'll decide who they keep. And this is probably going to be an ongoing process. But, you know, it's probably going to be a lot of mid-management and also, you know, some some things that, you know, logistics, packing, shipping, th- things that you don't need two separate departments for, um, you know. And might there be talent? Maybe. They, 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 they certainly could shed plenty without without problem. <clears throat> Bray Wyatt, who, who, by the way, might be in a loony bin right now. Bronson Reed. Yeah, well, Bronson Reed at least shows up for work. And is probably not in a loony bin right now. I, do you have any leads that he's in a in in uh, Arkham Asylum? Bray Wyatt is in rehab right now. Now we know he doesn't have a drug problem. So what else do you go to rehabilitation for, or what else do you call rehab? Sex addiction. Well, I guess it could be that, uh, but that doesn't usually keep you from work. Now I'm, I'm whether it's inpatient or outpatient. We know that he has mental health issues, so I he I'm not sure if he's institutionalized or it's heavy duty outpatient, but whatever it is, that that that's where he is right now. That that's why he hasn't released. Got it. Um, but back to the Endeavor thing. By the way, for, for those who want to know, um, UFC will have six members on the new board of directors. WWE will have five. Yeah, Vince will probably be one of them. Vince, there's no more super stock or anything like that, and Vince will probably end up with like 
15 or 20% of, of the stock, which still makes him a big player. He's still carrying a big sack, but he isn't the only sack. And Steve, wake up. Right. And uh, he's, he's only got, <laughs> I was thinking my next point. Um, I think Vince only has like 40% or 30% of uh, stock now instead of uh, the overwhelming majority. Yeah, but it's going to be, it's going to be cut by 51%. And I think, um, this is all contingent upon the SEC or whatever other governing bodies they have to get the approval from for the, for the merger. There's, there's going to be no problem getting that approval. No, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares about professional wrestling. Right. Um, Tony Khan cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the budget cuts uh, should uh, be of no surprise. Although I think the internet wrestling community will yeah. talk about a lot. Of I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to unload the new building they just bought. I mean, I don't think they're going to unload that. The beautiful building, like if, good time to sell. It's gonna brand move. new. No, I think UFC is going to just move right into well, it. Then, then maybe they'll sell whatever the UFC building is. I, you know, I, I don't know, but you know. They're going to sell old. Type. No, no, no. I mean, they're, they're going to be two different companies. But, uh, you know, if, if you're going to lay off a third of your staff, you don't need a third of your building. But, you know, you know, office buildings have leased to other tenants before. I mean, every building has a bank's name on it. The, you know, all 32 floors are not filled with that bank. That is correct. Uh, the other right, business thing is that WWE finally announced that they came to an agreement with Twitch that their, their talent can... Twitch, and I, I guess, you know, Twitch is going to give WWE whatever their cut is, and the talent can do their thing. This is something Triple H said he was going to do a while ago, but maybe it got put on the shelf with all the power plays and tumult, and probably everything was, you know, put on hold with the sale and all that, but now it's gone through. And there are still people being outraged that the wrestlers can't, can't you know, Twitch under their wrestling names. I mean... WWE actually won this lawsuit against WCW back in the 90s and and the the federal courts actually held that WWE's interests in Diesel and Razor Ramon were as strong as DC Comics interests in Batman and Superman. So there's no difference in the IP. People think that wrestlers are in, 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 in some other category. It's the same reason football players can't do commercials in their New York Giants or Baltimore Ravens jersey. Or the NFL has to be cut in. Right. That's why they have like either bland jerseys or nondescript jerseys that might be a similar color scheme. Right. Thank you for bringing that up. Jeff, any other news? Any news-worthy stuff? Yeah, news or notes. Um, I think I'm the only person that's been consistent about that, including you who predicted he would return, I think, at the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. But Big E uh, is continuing to get treatment. He says it looks good. There's still some things they have to get checked out. They waited until after WrestleMania, but there's still no timetable on his return. WWE is talking about having a PLE in Australia. We have reported that. But the latest rumor is that it's in Perth, which anyone who knows Australia, that is all the way on the other side of Australia, away from where 90% of the population is. So the side that has Sydney and Melbourne and like all the cities that you've heard of, um, Great Barrier Reef, all of that stuff, that's all on the East Coast. This is on the far West Coast. Uh, it's sort of like at the bottom of the world. Uh, it's a cool city. Um 
So I don't know. There, there'd have to be a lot of incentives there from the city for that to happen. Tommy Dreamer announced that he's taking a break from wrestling about fucking time. Talked about Abdullah the Butcher came out saying that he's broke and his health is bad. Um, WWE did file a motion to dismiss in the MLW suit uh, about two weeks ago, um, citing many of the things that we talked about, saying, hey, they're on reels. The AEW who's, is, has major cable coverage. Uh, and two, you didn't meet any definition of antitrust or why wrestling is different from any other entertainment and nothing prevents you from going on the other 3000 streaming or cable services other than your product stinks. Um, and they pointed out, what are you talking about? What talent have we ever hoarded or blacklisted? In fact, you know, we signed Harry Smith, released him and he works for you now. And we signed Matt Riddle and Karrion Cross after they're done with you. What, you know, what, what are you talking about? So a bunch of stuff like that. So we'll see where that goes. Talking about MLW, Richard Holiday is a free agent. Uh, most of you might not know who he was, but is. He was one of the members of Dynasty, along with MJF and Hammerstone. He also hasn't been wrestling for the past year or so because he's been battling successfully Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, so I don't know if he's in wrestling shape or not, but hopefully he is. And, you know, we'll see. Um, probably the next elite big signing up there with Ethan Page. Um Kota Ibushi, you know, still a free agent, still everyone rumors that he'll be with AEW and thinks that'll be a big deal. Nobody in this country cares, but okay. Um, Dark Side of the Ring, they've announced their season and some of the uh, stories are going to be Junkyard Dog, Abdullah the Butcher, uh, Sonny, um, Chris Candido. Marty Gennetti. Marty Gennetti, Sam and Magnum TA, Scott Hall. Bam Bam Bigelow and Mike Awesome. I think that's everything that's been announced uh, for a season. But yeah, Mar- Marty Gennetti is a big one, indeed. Um, in injuries, Madison Rain injured her ankle. Fuego del Sol broke his foot. Johnny Gargano re-injured his shoulder. In other title changes, EC3 won the NWA National Heavyweight Championship, not the World Heavyweight Championship. Sorry about that. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez are now the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, defeating Becky and not Lita, but Trish. We already talked about that. And Deanna Perrazzo won the Impact Women's Championship. Mickie James was forced to relinquish it due to injury. Deanna Perrazzo uh, survived an encounter with Jordan Grace, who apparently is also a free agent or going to be a free agent soon. Ratings. Uh, some of this is a day old, and uh, because we're recording Wednesday night, I don't have Dynamite's numbers yet. Of course, it just went off the air two hours ago. But Impact, two weeks ago, did 117,000, which was a gain of 19,000. This past week went down to 115,000, down 2,000. This was in lead up to their um, Glory Road or whatever the latest pay-per-view was that we just talked about some of the results. New Japan, uh, April 6th, by the way, April 6th, is the, the 117 number for uh, Impact. April 6th for New Japan was 53,000, which was down 16,000 from the prior week. There is no report yet for um, April 13th, um, which probably means much lower. SmackDown, mm. 
million, a gain of 240,000 two weeks ago. This past week, 2.265, down 203,000. Rampage two weeks ago, 503,000, a gain of 29,000. This week, a gain of 136,000 more at 639,000. Of course, it started at 9.43 p.m. immediately after an NBA playoff game. So by the fourth quarter of the show, it was back into the 500s. Uh, And of course, most of it was thousands upon thousands of sports bars and restaurants and households watching the NBA game that just didn't change the channel. Um, Battle of the Belt 6 did 415,000, which I think was actually its first improvement on a Battle of the Belts in a while, though certainly nowhere. I think when it first came out, it was in the sevens. MLW, April 4th, don't have the 11th. Uh, and don't have the 18th, 54,000, uh, down, which was down 24,000. Um, they have one more episode, which is Battle Riot, and I think then they're off of reels unless they do really good or offer to give them a deal they can't refuse. Raw, two weeks ago, 1.81 million, down 590,000 from the week before. And You see that? You know why, right? It sucked. Vince wasn't booked. No, that was the episode of Vince booked that was horrendous. The one after WrestleMania. Vince got a two something. Oh, no, it was. It was the week after. Yeah, but but the week before was terrible. So terrible. But so was last week. Um, This past Monday, 1.815 million, down 3,000. Actually, this past week wasn't terrible. It was it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. Um, NXT a week ago, five hundred twenty eight thousand, down twenty seven thousand. This week, five hundred sixty six thousand, up thirty eight thousand. This Coming week is the go home show before spring breaking. Um, Dynamite uh, two weeks ago did eight hundred seventy seven thousand. I think we did report that last week was eight hundred sixty six thousand down eleven thousand. Again, we don't know what the nineteenth did yet. We'll find out. Um, All access last week went down fifty three thousand down to two hundred eighty one thousand. Again, that is for the twelfth, not the nineteenth. Um, the YouTube numbers, I all took, this is all from yesterday, meaning Tuesday. Um, so it's a day late, but dark, which came out on Tuesday, did 19,000 a week ago. So eight days from when I, it had been on eight days, 90,000. And the one from three weeks ago, this so been on 13 or 14 days, 125,000, which is really, really, really low elevation this week, a hundred, it was only on for two days, but the one from, oh, you know, nine days ago, only up to 112,000. And the one from 16 days ago, only up to 144,000. So dark and elevation down into NWA from Tuesday night. It had only been on for a couple hours, but 5,000. The show from the week prior, 31,000. And the show from two weeks prior, 38,000. So terrible numbers there. A&E biography, the last two weeks, uh, furthest from to recent. 338,000, then 461,000. Rivals did 427,000, as near as I can tell, both weeks. Um, So I think that is all the news and notes that I have. And yeah, that's it. That is fabulous. That is it, guys. And um, we'll start doing the plugs and then head down Glory Road. Jeff, any plugs? Well, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at IcarusFellMD. Uh, you can find me on the PWC on many of their wrestling shows. Uh, 
And uh, some of those shows also on how many media group and channel attitude. If you watch them live, they're free. If you don't watch them live, you got to pay the Ayatollah five bucks to see him. Uh, Smack Attack usually airs 12 o'clock Saturdays Eastern time. Uncaged, a little bit more sporadic. Um, Garden of Doom and Garden Views are my non-wrestling shows. If you subscribe to Garden of Doom, you'll get Garden Views. Uh, Garden of Doom is sort of where my little curious mind takes you. So some of the recent shows uh, recently dropped were uh, Unexplained Mexico, which was a researcher who talks about lots of paranormal monsters, myths, legends, UFOs throughout Mexico. Uh, and then I also dropped a show today called The Garden of Resonant Light, which was with a um, uh, a group that has a, a, a program called Light Dialogic. Uh, but the, the gentleman is a Mayan-taught uh, teacher. I, I would call him a shaman. He doesn't call himself that. So we talked about the Mayan calendar and their version of the reset and astrology and their program. Um, the woman is Elaine. She is... They, they call each other each other's teachers and each other's students. Um, interesting stuff. And Garden Views um, is more topical. Uh, next week, I'm going to have an Indian law student talking about the law of India. Last week, I had uh, actually someone who went to Harvard, among other places, who worked for NATO's Balkans group, the Department of National Intelligence, Department of Defense, just everything you can do in national security. And she talked about... Uh, war doctrine and sort of the situation in Ukraine and then European military posture. Interesting geopolitical stuff. Yeah, next week I have a, I have a law professor from University of Mississippi going to talk about the laws of space mining. Woo! Yeah, you know, it's like my favorite thing. Like, what, what are the laws in space going to be? You, you're always, you're always, I, I want to say you're the industry leader in um, space law podcasting i just might be i'm hearing some other people talk like mike hilliard on the red line has been talking about warfare and space and touching on space law and uh some of the space podcasts are talking about it but then i think they, they've sort of gone back into the lane of like just like you know what's a meteorite what what's a lagrange point you know things like that now i'm gonna stick with it because i know that most of it frankly is bullshit and as soon as the math <laughs> works and you know, someone put some people with, you know, space weapons up there. It's all going to change. So it's, it's, it's all going to go to pop. It's all goes, goes sideways. Um, I think you should start promoting yourself as the, the goat of space law. You know what? I think I will. I am the goat of space law. There you go. Guys, that's been episode 116. Um, if you um, are still listening, thank you for tuning in through the whole entire show. If you had a couple laughs, if you enjoyed our witty banter on professional wrestling, please make sure that you share this uh, stream, this podcast with any of your uh, wrestling friends, buddies, comrades, um, any family members, you know, uh, help get the word out and help us spread uh, this podcast uh, to bigger and better places. Um, I will, uh, if you need to email us, you can email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. That's hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Um, if it's short and sweet, uh, just a question, a comment, um, we, we read it all. So please send it over. No one you need to address this week? Uh, I want to say there, that, no, not, no, excuse me, not this okay. week. Okay. 
my god, I got the hiccups right now. I can see that. Um, all right, guys, that's been it. Uh, thank you, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Maybe a bonus yeah. episode. Ooh. Maybe. Ooh. I'll wear no pants. Stay evil, my friends. <laughs>